Welcome to this week's edition of the In The Loop, uh, Loop uh, podcast. I'm very happy today to uh, have with me uh, Brendan Rogers, uh, uh, and we will talk about how uh, you can uh, uh, turn a team into a high-performing uh, team. Um, Brendan has 25 years of experience working in, the multinational, in multinational companies. Uh, you provide consulting services uh, from, for businesses all over the world. And you are the founder and co-host of LinkedIn Local uh, Central Coast, uh, which I understand is currently the largest uh, LinkedIn local network event in Australia. Uh, but most importantly, you're certified coach of the Harada Method. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you, Bastian. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, let's start with, um, you know, I, I think uh, our audience would love to understand what's the Harada method. What is the Harada method? Well, it, it's, the, the short definition is that it, it's, it's a method to help people achieve to their fullest capability. That's the official sort of term around the Harada method. And it, it originated in Japan. Uh, a guy called Tahichi Harada um, you know, devised this process around uh, actually getting the best out of uh, the athletes. He was a high school uh, athletics coach and teacher. Um, and it was, uh, it was a funny story how I came across the Harada method. It's, it's not a very known, known, well-known method outside of the, uh, the US uh, or Japan and the US. Um, but I was, I was immersed in the, the lean world, the lean business improvement world. And I was mm -hmm. always... I've been a, an advocate for personal development and, and personal learning for a long time. So I just, you know, I found I was looking for something that bit extra that was really going to help me on the people side of lean um, to to understand myself, to improve myself, and hopefully use something that could help improve other people. Uh, and I came across uh, this, the Harada method, and I stumbled across a guy called Norman Bodak, who's known as the godfather of lean in the U.S., uh, and made contact with him and found out that there was one single person in Australia, uh, and that person was in, is, was in Adelaide, who uh, was trained as a, as a certified coach in the Harada Method. So I made contact with him, and uh, the, the conversation progressed, and he, he coached me in the Harada Method as a student for some time, um, and I, I practiced that discipline for um, actually religiously for about two years. And um, I then... Um, asked him if he could certify me in the process so that I could I could teach others and it's really a case of you set a goal um, you you link a goal back to a purpose so that you really get that connection with why you're trying to do something you, you look back in your, your past your past successes and your past failures and learnings and you put together an action plan um, you know which is a fairly complex process under the Harada method and then you implement uh, and you make sure that you've got the accountabilities in place to do that so um, look there's there's actually lots of detail to the Harada method and, and what I found over the time in my own learning was most people are not up to the challenge of sticking to the Harada method religiously you know there's various components to it which if you're a I guess a conscientious type person as as I am in my personality profile then I could do that for a long period of time. Um, but what I've learned to do is to use aspects of that through the course of my team and coaching business uh, to apply at different times when needed, depending on the on you know what whatever help the person needed. Um, so yeah. And and you know I I, I do a lot of this um, personal coaching mm. myself. Uh, 
back back uh, here in the region and 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 I always find it sort of you know the hard part is not understanding the concept but actually taking the discipline of actually doing Absolutely. something and 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 making sure you do something and you, you do it again and you do it again because there's a sort of a, a behavior change in in most cases behind these things is you know is there is there a, a, a you know a magical wand for these kinds of things or is because discipline sometimes is something you were trained to do when you were sort of in your young age and, and it's really hard to change your discipline uh, uh, later on I'm not saying it's impossible but but it is you know a lot of the coaching for instance I do is is, is, is all about sort of you know you, you you develop that plan you put it together and then suddenly somebody figures out you know he, he just can't can't execute and and is that discipline something you can learn in you and from you from what you've found out is there something in this method that basically helps you you know get that uh, uh behavior or whatever it is uh, uh and and execute on that plan uh in, in an easier fashion is there anything that can help you know the 70 80 percent of people that really haven't developed that discipline because if they did they would probably already have had uh, some very concrete uh, plans they went to um is there anything there that uh, that you found that uh, is applicable to uh, you know the person that hasn't uh, uh, been born into that uh, discipline and that uh, hard uh, hard uh, behavioral change uh, type type individual the probably the easiest uh, i guess thing that can um help and what I fundamentally believe is that it, it all comes back to a person's purpose and passion. Uh, you know, Simon Sinek is, is you know, a classic and, and you know, well-respected in that space. And, yeah, my, my experience and my exposure to, um, you know, certainly individual business owners and growing a business uh, or startups and um, even leaders within teams, if, it's very, very difficult to maintain discipline over a long period of time if you're not passionate about what you're doing. Um, and I think that's the that's always been the key. Um, it's actually through you know asking the right questions and you know why do you like doing this and why do you like doing that. And if I can use myself as an example, I when I went into my business, I was really about creating great leaders. That's that's what I was about. Why did I want to create great leaders? Because there's such a um, an issue with the global staff engagement level. Um, across the world where people are just not enjoying what they're doing. Um, so, but then I sat back and, it, you know, it took me probably about 12 months after I started sort of down that consultancy road after leaving the corporate and started to realise, well, actually, that's, that's not really my purpose. That's sort of what I do to help achieve my purpose. But my real focus is improving people's lives at work. And so now everything I do and everything I'm focused on is, is helping that. So, you know, even some of the work, we all have work that we like to do and we all have work and tasks that we don't like to do. But I think that becomes a lot more manageable if you're always linking back to your purpose. You know, what, why does this mean so much to you? Why do you want to do it? What's your passion in life? If you can do that and you, you've got that strong link and connection, um, it's, it's much easier to get out of bed excited in the morning. It's much easier to do the stuff that sometimes you don't like to do because it's being driven by something greater than just the mundane task. 
Okay, and and um, because it's it's interesting, you know, we've had a lot of podcasts uh, in the past uh, few weeks, and and um, and it is sort of if you look at uh, I, I look at the history of of you know management mm. and leadership and 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 the workplace in, in general, and and if fifteen years ago it it was a lot about protests, and it still is to some extent, but what it what has become fundamentally. Uh, uh, um, what has fundamentally transformed the thinking and 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 you know the, the the thought leaders that I have talked with, they always start with an an interesting subject and that mm. is mindset, uh, 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 individual mindset, team mindset, and and how do you sort of um, you know how do you make sure there is something that puts it together that you understand why you're doing you know and and here you are uh, um, you know uh, another person talking about you know you have to have this passion of understanding and the second thing we also heard uh, all the time is whoever whatever you know wherever he is in in, in or she is in the um, corporate uh, or business ladder uh, it's very important that um, we all understand you can work from a love perspective mm-hmm. you love what you do you, you you know from a passion perspective or from a fear perspective and 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 then i know i talked with uh, patty um who used to be the chief um, uh, hr officer at uh, netflix a really great uh, uh, you know lady mm. with a lot of experience and, and she actually said the the working concept when you work with people is you have to love them you have to believe that they are good Hardworking people that want to do the best possible job, and 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 have passion for working with them, and 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 here you are, you know, the other part of the world, and 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 you're talking about the same thing. So it's there's a common theme of everything I've been listening to in the last uh, few weeks, uh, which is mindset, uh, taking sort of the positive, uh, I call it the passion part of of, and not the. A traditional, you know, you've got to do this. Uh, uh, I call it the general forward management uh, style, where you know you're more or less a robot that yeah. had to do something, uh, and you couldn't sort of uh, fulfill your needs. But if you, you know, because you, you do a lot of thinking on on this. But if you look at you know your clients mm-hmm. in the last five years, and you think about what is the number one problem they come to you with, you know, how do they? What's their taxonomy? What do they talk about when they sort of come and ask you for uh, uh, to 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 um, uh, help them? You know, I, I would bet. You know, do they come and say, "Okay, I want to be a better self"? They probably don't. They they have a problem. How do they define the problem? Yeah, that's have? right. It's uh, I haven't had anybody come to me and and in those words say, "Hey, I want to be a better a better self or a better person." Um, you're right. There's always a pain point for them yeah. to take the action, isn't there? And sometimes it's a matter of they don't always know what that pain point is, which is where you need to to dig deep. Um, but you know, things in the in this space that I, I spend most time in, it's really around. They're having they're having problems within their team. You know that old term office politics comes up a lot. Um, you know they're not sure how to get the best out of the team, or they're they're having trouble with a team member in their team. Um, it could be even around their hiring and recruitment processes. Um, they're, they're the they're the ones that organisations are normally uh, seeking help with, um, and on the individual or the, or the smaller micro business side of things. It's generally, you know, I just, I just know that my business can be better. Um, I, I don't necessarily have the level of experience that, you know, maybe I, I know that, um, you know, I need to, to take my business to the next next level, and I need need somebody. And, and there's lots of coaches out there that do fantastic jobs, but you know, they try and find someone that aligns with them and, and they believe can help them. And you know, it could be something as simple as, hey, 
you know, I'm very active on LinkedIn and, and I know you use LinkedIn and, and probably a lot of your team are on it as well. And, you know, LinkedIn is a, is a common question I get asked on the most basic level. Brendan, how do you, how do you use LinkedIn better? What can we do there? Um, you know, how, how will that help grow my business? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of, you know, if, if I sum it up across teams and organisations, it's generally there's some cultural um, improvement that they want to make. They just know that the team and, and the people aren't performing as well and, and you know, leaders with the, the humility come and, and seek help around that. Um, and the smaller operators are, you know, growing. They want to grow their business, whether that's more people, whether it's revenue, whatever. Um, and they need some help and some guidance how to do that in in so many facets. And and but, but is is this sort of if we look at the team uh, perspective and we look at sort mm. of the challenges uh, individuals have with teams, um, what normally happens in that process is is is. Is where is the solution? Uh, is it is it more to do with the leader and and changing? You know, one is is there when you finish your work, do you normally see a change of behavior or you don't see a, a change of behavior? Maybe that's a, a, a first question. Yeah, um, look, it's certainly see a change of behavior. Um, it, com- it comes back to what we spoke about earlier. How how disciplined is the leader? Uh, and the leadership group and the leaders of, of their teams to demonstrate consistently the behaviours and the actions that they want their teams to see. Um, if they're not disciplined about that and if they can't you know, stay the course, then very, very quickly behaviour will go back to the old way and you know, the leaders will get frustrated. So you know, things like teamwork and, and culture, it's not something you do every now and again. It's something you do all the time. And once you make the commitment to do it, then um, you know the rewards and the payoff are, are unbelievable, um, but there's a lot of I think it's Boston like life in general. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of people that are looking for the easy way to do something, and you know this whole overnight success theory that we all know doesn't exist. Um, it it you know, people are looking for that silver bullet. You know, what can I, what's going to get me a, a thousand leads? You know, quickly is that LinkedIn, and so they pay a lot of people money to to do LinkedIn stuff and where it actually just comes down to you um, being really clear on where you're going and what you're trying to achieve and taking the right action. And if you do that consistently, then you know, I, I believe it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. The reason why I ask is because um, it's, it's, again, interesting. As I said, we've got, we, we had uh, some other uh, discussions on, on the subject, very similar, and, and really um, you know, uh, the difference between the successful um, engagements and the non-successful uh, seems to be there is a pattern of you know the people that have uh, uh, um, been happy with engagements and have been uh, successful in in engaging uh, outside help have always um, come back with um, you know we have fundamentally changed something uh, in, in in our practices and mm. and um, and it's it I, I go back to Patty because she says when you talk when you talk about teams. The first question, when you want to sort of change something and improve, grow better, whatever it is, the first thing you have to think about is is you have to align what kind of a team you need. So what are the behaviors of the team that are not helping achieve your goals and what needs to change in the six months in the behavior? And then you have to be very, very uh, disciplined in six months and figuring out have you changed that behavior because that was what was missing. So, So it is... What we, what I, what I uh, hear from you know a lot of people uh, again is uh, 
you know, the successful engagements, many times, uh, uh, the very successful ones, there's always, you know, uh, uh, success. But but if you look at really the successful ones, it's there is a behavioral change. There is something that changed fundamentally in, in, in how teams uh, operate. But going back to sort of then uh, uh, the team aspect and, and um, uh, is, you know, the, the, the question is how much of that change is fundamentally tied to the leader. So, so when you sort of, if you look at, you know, you've got a month of, of an engagement, is 90% of that work with the individual uh, leader because it's his practices, it's his um, uh, actionability, it's his change that introduces that change to, to the team or is, is the work more to do with? And, and I'm not looking for a silver bullet. I'm just looking for, you know, what is your experience in working? Because there's no right or wrong. It's just, you know, what has uh, life and, and, and your engagements taught you? Is, is there something, uh, um, is, is the solution more or less most of the time in the leader and once he sort of changed, everything is easier? Or or are there sort of practices you had to uh, teach the teams so that they could uh, uh, solve it, uh, um, solve problems uh, without uh, leaders? Bob. Yeah, Boston, it's, it's, Bastian, it's a, you know, a really sort of fascinating subject. Now, as you say, oh, there's... In my experience, there's certainly no right or wrong. And what, what, I, what I've learned, and I think what comes with experience in anything that we're doing, is that there's a, a supposed preferred way and a, a, you know, the ideal way to do something and, and to start an engagement. But quite often, you need to be flexible. And if you're not making the inroads that you'd like to make, if you continue to go down the same path, then you know, some would call you insane, right? So um, you do need to be flexible and, and customize what you do. The perfect scenario is that the leader is bought, the ultimate leader, the CEO of the organization is bought in 100% and they are living and breathing and demonstrating the behaviors that need to be, um, you know, permeated through the organization because culture is a reflection on leadership. Okay. Now, that's sometimes hard for leaders to hear and, and CEOs to hear because it's not that they necessarily mean to um, demonstrate the wrong behaviours or behaviours they don't want to see in the organisation, but it could be just a certain action they do. It could be a you know, part of a personality trait, and and people that don't necessarily know you as well as maybe other people do, they could take that a different way. So, what I've learned over the time is that you should always start in the senior leadership group. That that is the, always the best place to start because again, they have to set the scene and they are responsible for the culture of the organization. But sometimes you need to be flexible. And you know, I always, I've always given myself at least a few months with leadership teams. And sometimes I've certainly sacrificed income to say, you know, we need, we need to focus here. And then if I feel like we're not getting the progress that I'd like to make, and, you know, I have open conversations with the leader and I start to look at who on the leadership team seems to be more engaged than other members of the leadership team. And I'll work hard to try and start with them and their team. And, you know, I've got that exact scenario at the moment with a with a, a quite a large client. And we're, we're doing that. You know, we're getting some inroads at the, the senior leadership level. But, you know, I can be a little bit impatient and I want to help them as, as quickly as I can. So we've started working with uh, actually two other areas of the business. And, you know, there's, there's some really good progress. So some of that is being seen by the rest of the leadership group and that's starting to, again, come back up through the through the chain and think, okay, well, you know, I see what you're saying. We're seeing some evidence of 
of this creating some some better interactions and better some t- better teamwork and therefore some better results. So yeah, maybe, maybe what you're saying does make some sense. <laughs> so they look at that, you know, putting a little bit more time and effort into it because it is a hard slog. I mean, it's you you know, I mean, there's a there's a lot of expectation on leaders in business, and it's very very easy to get caught up in the you know the stuff that just has to happen day to day and and keep things moving along. And it's sometimes difficult to take time out to focus on your team and making sure your team's cohesive and you're having the good robust conversations that you need to have to to solve issues and to get the best results. It, it takes discipline. You know, with teams, one of the questions I get posed most often is, um, and and uh, and again, uh, you know, talking with other other uh, podcast uh, um, guests, uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, is you know, how long do you sort of, with your experience, you know, what's your answer to how long do you sort of work on a team member before you understand it's it's time? You know, there's the the moment of. Um, if, if you really believe in people, which a lot of these people do, uh, you know, you're trying to sort of um, help people succeed uh, as a coach, as a leader, as a whatever, you know, one of the mm-hmm. main um, things. And, and that's yeah. another um, guest of ours who, who you know, I, I, it was a wonderful professor from the U.S. And, and he said they did a, one of the biggest studies in the U.S. on what defines a really great CEO. And, and, and really when, when it came down to, you know, that one thing, not many things, but the one thing that uh, stands out with the most successful CEOs is they always create around them really successful people uh, um, uh, versus and, and successful teams. It's, it's, that's the one trait that all the successful uh, uh, people have is they have very, very um, a great um, eye for catching talent and then developing that talent to be uh, exceptional uh, uh, from you know average to exceptional. It's 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 that. And and if Absolutely. you go back to, uh, uh, it's it's like uh, you know how do you sort of make that thing um, as as a team? You know when is when when is enough enough? How do you know you need to move on uh, because it's actually better for the individual, for yourself, for for the business. It's you know that's one hard hard decision because to some extent you never know. Uh, you know, maybe with some more work, uh, he would get on the other side. Is there any, and there isn't silver bullets, we know that, but is there any practice, any tricks, any anything you know about that can help people with that one big decision everybody uh, faces and, and, and they need uh, help with? Look, as you said, there's no silver bullet, but I look at that in two parts. Let, let's say we're talking to the, you know, the CEO of an organization. And, you know, the ultimate leader and, you know, there's my, my business is about having open, honest, healthy conversations. That's in reality, that's what I do. And that's what I create within teams. So I have to have those healthy, open, honest conversations with the leader. If I if that means I'm seeing really good progress from my view and, and my lens of the world, then I need to be sharing that with him, speci- him or her specifically around what I see that they're doing well. And and conversely, if there's something that I think they need to make some improvement on and it's detracting from the performance of the team, I need to be open about that. And what I've found is that, again, you need to be, um, you know, there, there's moments where you can do that on a one-on-one situation, but there's also moments, surprising that you need to do that in the team situation when you're together because sometimes and quite often in my experience at least one if not all of the other team members you know those senior leaders are thinking the same thing 
they just don't have the courage to say it. And I'm just a consultant coming into a business. So, you know, I can come and go as I please, so to speak. But if I'm not being open with these people, then how can I expect them to be open with each other about talking about things that detract from performance and also about things that um, strengthen the performance of the group? So that's, that's at the ultimate leader side. If it is a person within a team and you know, you're still having the similar conversation with them, but it does rest back on the, the leader of that person. And you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that I don't know anybody that wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to do a bad job today. I just don't believe that that happens. I think that as leaders, we need to inspire people to want to do a great job. We need to help them connect their roles to how they contribute to this greater cause. Now, if you can do that, and, and we went, you know, we talked about that passion. If you can find that in people, then they will they will rise to the ex, rise to the expectation every single time. But in the times where sometimes there's a little bit of misalignment, and generally that's around core values and behaviours in the organisation, then you need to have the open, honest conversations, and the leader needs to have those conversations regularly. If they're not seeing the improvement, then they've got to be able to hold their hand on the heart and say, "Look, I believe I've done everything within my power as a leader." to help this person align with where we're going in our organization. And if they're still not there, then sometimes the love you need to show them is to help them move on so they can be in a happier place. Because they're not happy in, in your organization if they're not aligning with, with what you believe in and what you're trying to achieve. That it's just not possible for them to be their, their best self and to be fully happy. So, you know, respectfully help them move on. And inevitably sometimes, you know, that can get a bit, I say nasty, it, if the open and honest conversations are happening along the way, then I've seen it where it doesn't get nasty. It always gets nasty and, and HR get involved when leaders aren't having the conversation with people that they need to have. They sort of, they might say, boss John, you know, I really don't think you should be doing that. It doesn't align with our values. You say it once, you say it twice, you see the third time and you don't, you said, oh, you already told them twice. So I'm not going to tell them a third time. You see it a fourth time. And then in three months, four months, five months, you start knocking on HR's door and you say, hey, you need to help me get rid of Boss John because he's not doing what I need him to do. And that's that's when it can get a bit, you know, mediation comes in and it can get a bit bit fiery just because the conversation, the open and honest conversation hasn't been had. Uh, when you sort of um, talk about um, uh, 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 teams and you talk about sort of um, that... Um as I said, you know, everything you're saying is, is resonating really well. And I think uh, the audience that has listened to our other podcasts will see sort of a, a, a really nice pattern. Uh, um, the same Patty uh, talked about, <laughs> interestingly, um, you know, as, as you said, you, you have to have the love to help them move on. And, and she says, uh, teams are not something that are put together for life. They're, uh, you know, they're living creature like everything and 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 people come and they go and you need to understand but what you as a leader need to understand is what is the goal you're trying to achieve what kind of the team you need and what kind of behavior is as a consequence of the goals and the team you have uh you want to instill in in and that team to help you achieve uh, the goals and and to do that you sometimes need to do the you always do the good stuff, but sometimes the good stuff is actually helping people succeed in a different environment, uh, which is a which which is which I think is a uh, a nice uh, well not a nice but it's 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 true and 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 uh, you know people don't understand that you know that even if 
in one environment they're not uh, as successful and happy if they're not happy they can be in another environment and sometimes they need that help but if you if you look at um, That's again your experience uh, and, and working with these teams um, tell me what's is there any pattern of what they all really mess up uh, and I know I, I'm 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 always looking for these. It, it's it's I'm I don't I don't believe in silver bullets, but I do believe in you know that there are, uh, statistically there are patterns that are happening uh, in a sp- specific time point because we've been brought up in a specific way. We went through similar school systems, and they've put something into our our head that maybe isn't uh, the best for how we operate at at work these days. So, is there anything you've seen? as a, a mess up you've always had to fix in some sense uh, um, in, in these teams that is sort of small and, and a quick fix. Uh, uh, and, and I know it doesn't solve the problem, but it's like something that really does change something uh, with little effort and, and has been done many times because it just, you can see it, it's, it's happening uh, in a lot of places. Mm. Yeah, it's th- this, the... The thing that a leader or, or anyone you know, leading people can do is just get to know people in their team as people. You know, <laughs> we're all we're all just people at the end of the day. So if 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 people in your team believe and trust that you feel or you make them feel that they matter, then that's that's the first rule. And it, it may seem too simple to, to some people, but it is literally that simple. You know. If you look at, if I think it back at, at, you know, when I was in corporate and, and moved from different roles or, or why I maybe left an organization, it always came back to, you know, I just didn't feel that my, my leader, my boss, um, that, that I mattered to them as a person. You know, they didn't know anything about me. They didn't know anything about my family, my kids or, you know, my animals or anything like that. It just, they just didn't know me as a person. So from a, from a leader percent, that is not, that doesn't cost you anything. It just costs you a little bit of time and effort to get to know people. If you do that, then you've got that that first part done. Um, that's on an individual level. Okay, so that's to me that's that's one of the that's the starting point of a silver bullet. Do that, get to know people, just treat them as people, not as a you know just another employer, another number. The second part to that is really around the teams as a whole and. You know, the statistics say that the most difficult and challenging part for teams to overcome is accountability. And it's that mutual accountability part specifically to behaviours, okay? It's actually a much... People, leaders find the conversation much easier when we're talking about technical performance. You know, oh, you haven't met these sales targets, you know, why not? That sort of stuff. You know, really black and white conversations where they find the conversation more difficult about accountability around behaviours is because they haven't set a standard in the first place. You know, setting a, a KPI around sales performance or you know hitting numbers, that's really black and white. But getting clarity around what the behaviours are that we value in our organisation, what we want to see in our employees, organisations don't often take the time to that. And, you know, the great ones like Netflix with their culture decks and stuff like that, you know, they have taken that and they haven't just been able to sit down and create a document in an hour or two or even a day or two it's something that is continually evolving and they've evolved it to a point where you know that is the fabric of the organization and they're attracting people that align with that that align with their beliefs and that's not everyone and it's okay it's okay that some people may want may not want to work there because their values don't align 
find somewhere else where your values align, but they start to attract the right people. And when they do that, you know, when people are looked after, they feel that they matter, they understand how their job matters, then they don't leave often. They, they surprisingly stay in the business. <laughs> um, you know, it's, 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 I have this, uh, wonderful uh, wonderful job of hosting uh, you know you and and many other well-known guests and it's so it's it's so unbelievable when you sort of talk with these people you know with all of you and you're from all these different parts of the world and you know you've just sort of uh, talked for the last five minutes and you've mentioned something that a guy I, I talked with about three weeks ago exactly the same thing you know number one know the people you know get get to know them you know really be authentically interested in in mm. in, in their lives and and, and stuff like that uh, yeah a, a great guy we talked about an hour and, and probably if we had another five hours we could have talked another five hours about it it was <laughs> and then and so you've uh, you know you've you've had uh, a little bit of uh, a patty um you know uh, it's 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 <laughs> unbelievable it's 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 uh, it's it's great knowing that uh, there is sort of a, 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 a momentum uh, but now if you go, you know, as I said before, our, if you look at our audience, you know, these are hardworking um, small business owners, uh, you know, up to 50, 100 people, uh, regionally focused, uh, um, probably raised through the family, took over a company through the family and, and been doing stuff uh, in a specific way, very successfully for years. And, and they're coming to a standpoint where they need to change something. They don't even know what they need to change. Mm. If we had that individual in front of us and, and he was listening to this, what's the one thing, and this is not the silver bullet, but what I call there's an important thing is where do you start? So what does he start doing on Monday? Is it actually just you know having the time to meet those people or is there something more important in, in your opinion that he needs to start doing as a behavior on Monday? after this, this, this podcast. Yeah, look, if, if, if the, the leader, as you, you know, described, let's say, you know, that they didn't have budget or they were just, you know, they needed to go in their organization and they, and they knew that something needed to change. You know, it links back to, to what I was saying before. This doesn't cost anything. It's not rocket science. You start to understand and treat people as people. Get to know them. Okay, so again, like I said, if they... If they know that they matter, then they will they will literally walk over hot coals for you because you're making them feel like a real person. So that's that's the first bit, and you need to be disciplined around that. And I have clients that they tell me their best moments together as a team when they have a meeting about nothing. And what they mean by that is that they just have you know every fortnight as a team in particular I'm thinking about that that has told me something recently so they they have a, a fortnightly team meeting around you know certain goals and, and what they're working towards their common purpose and their common goal but in the off week they just have a set time they go to a coffee shop and they just chat as a team but I've asked them now just to bring in a couple of little you know think about a question and that question could be I often use something called Heroes, Hardships and Highlights. So I actually say, you know, Bostian, tell us, a, tell us a bit about a hero. You know, who do you look up to? And that starts to reveal stuff about people and, and it starts to make them be a bit more vulnerable. And you start to get an insight into the way they think and, and what behaviours they value and why they value it. And that takes you at another deeper level than just, you know, 
you can only have so much conversation about a weekend and stuff. You can get a bit bit stale. So be some, <laughs> have some purpose around you know that that level of vulnerability type question that will help you understand them better and make them feel like oh they they you know you really matter to them. The other part then is if you look at their job specifically, what people must have they must make a connection with how their job matters in the bigger picture. Okay, now you can be an organisation with five people, fifty people, five thousand people. If the people don't understand how their job matters and how they contribute to the greater good of the organisation, then that that will help disengage them. It won't help their engagement. Okay, and the final piece of that puzzle is they need to be able to measure that each day. And I think this, what I mean by that, the simplest example I can give, and I was with a, a cafe owner today talking about some stuff, and his people, they need to bring light into people, the customer's um, day, every day, you know, serving coffees and serving lunch and all. So, you know, it's really about, you know, making the customer feel special and, again, that they matter and this is how they start to believe or understand that their job matters because they are putting you know, light into people's life every day. And sometimes people come in and they're stressed from work and stuff. So if they leave that place happy and saying thank you and a smile, then that's a way that every individual person in that place can measure how they're going. If somebody smiles at them and says, thank you, I really appreciate that, or you know, really thank you very much for the service. You know, so again, you don't need a big detailed spreadsheet about that. And you might set yourself a goal and you want to have at least, you know, 10, 10 customers smiling and saying thank you at me today and that I've actually contributed to something positive in their day. And that's how they, that's how they, that makes them understand how their job matters in the greater scheme of things. And they can measure it. So they're, they're actually having, you know, there's real purpose each and every day. If you can do that with each and every one of your people in your organization, then you are so far ahead of so many organizations. It's not funny. Uh you know the uh, it's it's again uh, the, the interesting part of, of this conversation is because you're sort of uh, 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 reinforcing sort of stuff. Um, uh, but tell me one thing that I always ask myself because my experience with um, coaching is the one thing that fundamentally changes on a Monday is if I can persuade people that they actually allocate the time for the team because 90% of people I talk with actually don't allocate the time mm. or it's not a behavior that is sort of disciplined in, in the sense of it happens and you know when it happens and you know you have this uh, environment of uh, trust where people can talk up and can talk uh, around uh, about different things and, and there's no consequences. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and, and really 90% of the people I coach, it comes down to actually allocating that time because everybody's so busy and everybody's doing their stuff and everybody's supposed to be this best hero in the world and, and they don't take the time. And, 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 and most success is when actually somebody does, you know, take the uh, advice and actually starts the meetings and suddenly they discover this team and suddenly they discover this this. Um, uh, uh, um, I call it this this the stream of new information about you know what's happening mm. with them because uh, the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 really, it's it's all about sort of having that meeting. I mean, it's like it's so fundamentally yeah. unbelievable, but there are still so many people just doing and working and 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 forgetting that you know 
that part is is is, is important. But now going to yeah. the second question is the hard moment. So we know what on Monday, but then the number one thing everybody asks me is, okay, so now I've got this team, we're working, I have these meetings, and we're not hitting a time time uh, a deadline. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What is the uh, you're not you're not hitting a deadline? Yes. You're not hitting a deadline, and and it's sort of because mm. because you have this team and they're in it together. Yes, there's accountability. One person is more than the other, but you know what is the is there anything any pattern? There's no silver bullets. I get it, but is there anything you mm. figured out of how do you how do you as a team deal with situations where uh, a deadline that is to some extent uh, uh, a collective effort uh, because somebody's responsible for one thing somebody else is for the other and yes there's always one guy that's more uh, you know has a bigger challenge than some other guy but uh, uh, a month later it could be the other way around how do you deal with those hard situations where deadlines are not met is there any kind of pattern or suggestion or advice or uh, experience that you could share with our audience uh, to tackle those kinds because that's the number one question i always get Beyond mm, you know, cash flow mm. in small companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cash flow is a big thing, isn't it? Um, look, it, it's it really comes about. Let, let's talk about how we can work to prevent actually missing the deadline for starters. And um, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the the five dysfunctions of a team and Patrick Lencioni. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I follow a lot of his work and and I, I utilize a lot of his his you know thinking and and modeling and stuff in in some of the stuff I do with teams because it's so simple you don't need to spend a long time explaining it and, and people trying to understand it you spend more time you know on the application and in the five dysfunctions of a team the first dysfunction is the absence of trust and we talk about vulnerability based trust so when we talk about that it's you know hey boss John I'm sorry um, you know, I shouldn't have said that. Or, Boss John, you're better at this than me. Can you please help me? Um, you know, you, you're also, you know, vulnerable. So you're basically vulnerable about your your weaknesses, um, but you're also confident around your strengths as well. You know, you know how you can help the team. So that's that's the the, tr- the absence of trust. And a lot of my work sits around that because it's imperative for teams to understand this process because when they understand it, they can relate back to it and they can see and reflect on how they can do that better next time. If we look at the next dysfunction, it's the fear of conflict. When we talk about conflict, it's in regards to debate around issues. Okay, If people don't feel safe, if they don't have that vulnerability-based trust in the team, then they're not going to speak up about issues. They're not going to put their own thoughts forward. They're going to more probably going to sit there and nod and say yes and you know not really say too much. But you know deep down that they're not really committed to that. And that's the next dysfunction, commitment or lack of commitment. So if people don't weigh in to a conversation, it's very difficult, I would say almost impossible, that they're going to buy in to that decision. They're not going to be committed to helping the team get across the line because they didn't, they didn't weigh into the conversation or they didn't feel safe enough to weigh into the conversation. They're, you know, saying, oh, they're thinking in the back of their head, well, you know, I don't think this is really going to work and... and you know, I'm not going to speak up because I, I don't want to, I don't feel safe enough, whatever. Now, when the commitment's not there, that leads to the fourth dysfunction, which is avoidance of accountability. Now, if you don't commit to something, it's very, very difficult that you're going to put everything into it to be accountable for the result, whatever that is. Even if you sat there and said, yes, if you haven't really committed to it, 
if you haven't had the debate, the conflict around the issue to put your two, you know, two cents in, then you are not going to be accountable for that. And ultimately, teams are measured on results. And that's the fifth dysfunction, the inattention to results. And when I say results, it's collective results. Okay, There's lots of groups out there that individuals are performing you know, reasonably well in certain things, but they put their own individual results ahead of the good of the team. So that's, that's a, a five-step model. And, and again, I use something from the, the table group and Patrick Lencioni's company, which is a team assessment. And it helps teams answer questions around those five dysfunctions and some of those behaviours related to the dysfunctions. So having conversation around that and helping people understand where accountability sits in the, in the model um, and why accountability may be missed or, or people missing deadlines, it often comes back to the lack of trust, the, avoid, uh, the um, fear of conflict and that lack of commitment and therefore leading into the accountability and missing deadlines and timelines. So if you can get good at those things as a team, and again, there's no perfect team, Bastian, we, we know we that, know there's yeah. no silver bullet, but you know, understanding that process, it just makes teams so much more real because the, these are all common behaviours that happen. But it, it's, it's, like, it's like being a, a smoker or an alcoholic. You know, you really, it's very difficult to help someone if they don't, don't realise they need help and if they don't acknowledge that they are a, you know, a chain smoker or an alcoholic. <laughs> Teams need to understand the same thing. You know, it's it's not that you know they're a bad team, but we can always be better. And understanding those concepts and those dysfunctions around teams helps us to identify them when they come up, meaning that we can work on them. Uh, that was a wonderful uh, discussion. I I I, I uh, normally um, finish off saying, you know, how really grateful I am for uh, you know the time uh, our guests spend with us. And how grateful I am to sort of also my team, uh, Jerry, especially who brings all these uh, people um, to to our attention, and then we talk about these things, and suddenly I discover how everybody, um, you know, in the world, you know, Australia, U.S., uh, 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 Germany, Austria, you know, God, ev from everywhere are talking in the same yeah. language, and and and. Uh, it's just uh, wonderful that I can be here uh, listening to you. And um, one last question is, how do our, um, how does our audience actually get in contact with you? What's the best way to sort of, if they're interested in, 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 in pursuing and understanding or talking with you, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, Bastian, look, uh, as I said before, I'm a pretty, uh, I'm a, a fanatical LinkedIn fan. And, and, um, so, you know, and that's how, how uh, myself and Jerry sort of got connected. So through LinkedIn, Brendan Rogers, uh, Leadership and Team Performance Coach, you can find me there. Uh, and also through my website at uh, brendanrogers.com.au. Um, that'd be the two best places to, to get in touch. And please, if, you know, if anybody has uh, enjoyed what we've spoken about today, then, then certainly feel free to connect with me. And because um, I, I just, again, back to my passion, my passion is improving people's lives at work. And that's just not in Australia, that's anywhere. If, if people you know, would like some help or some advice or, or just want to connect with me and ask a couple of questions, then you know, my, my mission in life is to help as many people as possible, which is why I appreciate the time you give me today and, and help spread the message because you know, it's, it's, a big, it's a big challenge out there. You know, leadership is a, a well-talked-about subject, but again, if, if the staff engagement level globally is at or disengagement level is at 87%, then, uh, you know, there's some things that we need to do differently. Uh, 
Brendan, uh, thank you very much for this uh, for your talk. Um, uh, to our audience, this was uh, Brendan Rogers. This was not the Brendan Rogers that coaches uh, Leicester Football Club <laughs> and used to coach uh, Liverpool Football Club. But I understand Brendan does support, like myself, the Liverpool uh, team. So um, thank you very much, um, the uh, people fixer, uh, uh, the individual that helps people improve their lives. Uh, I think we need a lot of them. There's a lot of... Uh, 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 um, teams out there that are going to work every day and are thinking, you know, there must be a better way to uh, engage uh, while working. So thank you again very much for your time. And uh, to our audience, to until next time, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.